Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss. Hello and welcome to Reflections from Torch Trust, the show that focuses on faith and disability in today's world. I'm your host, Marilyn Baker, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Recently on the show, we've been hearing about some fantastic fresh expressions of church. These are initiatives designed to engage with people who may not feel that the traditional style of church works for them, maybe due to accessibility or feelings that they just wouldn't fit in. Well, today we're exploring another pioneering ministry which is specifically designed for people with special educational needs and disabilities. More on that in a moment, but first I'd like to share one of my favourite songs with you. This is Angels by Amy Grant. Watching over me. 
Messy Church began in 2004 when a congregation in Portsmouth wanted a way to use their facilities and creativity to help build community and reach more families. The project has grown over the years, but we wanted to know more about one very important area of their work. Messy Church has a dedicated special educational needs and disabilities coordinator, Trish Hahn. Trish supports Messy Churches to be more accessible and helps run ones designed for people with disabilities and additional needs. She spoke with our producer, Grace, about her work. For anyone who hasn't heard of Messy Church before, can you tell me what, what exactly is it in a nutshell? So Messy Church is a once monthly time when families can come together to enjoy being together, making things, you know, doing craft, uh, they eat together and they celebrate God together through, you know, a Bible story, uh, through music, through prayer. And the element of worship underpins it all. Um, that's one of the key points. So with Messy Church, we want to be a worshipping community of all ages from not to 100, um, centred on Jesus, showing hospitality, Christian hospitality, giving people a chance to express creativity, to sit down together and just have fun being in church, you know, giving it a sort of context within church. So how do you particularly welcome people with additional needs to Messy Church? Well, I have personal experience because my eldest child, who's now 19, she's not really a child, <laughs> um, she has quadriplegic cerebral palsy. And when she was little, I was looking for some sort of church-based activity in our area because we lived in Hertfordshire at the time. And Sunday school wasn't really meeting her needs. I prayed about it and then God said to me, I want you to start something. To which I went, la, 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 la. <laughs> no, <laughs> pick somebody else. <laughs> um, so it took a while. <laughs> I actually <laughs> said, okay. Um partly out of frustration for her um I gave in and um at the same time I had had a friend from our home church who'd gone to spring harvest and they came back with this Trish is holding up a copy of messy church fresh ideas for building a christ-centered community so it was all about messy church and it was all the principles that God was saying to me to do for this new group, but just for children and adults who had additional needs. So, you know, providing an opportunity for families to come together, families like mine to come together and bring the siblings along. Because quite often I have found that it's okay to have a group for a child who's got a disability, but there's nothing for the siblings and it's very difficult for them to get involved. Yeah, and just to, to help, you know, the whole family feel welcome and part of 
you know, the church and the congregation. And just to have fun together, just to be creative. And and it gave me a, an opportunity to reach out to other parents, other families that I knew, um, to come along and join in. And they'd never had anything like that before either. And yeah, and just to sort of show them that church doesn't have to be a scary place. You know, you don't have to sit there in silence. Um, yeah, just to have friendship and um, introduce them to Bible stories and be a bit more creative about how we put God across. That's really great. Yeah, and that's that's interesting um, to say about like things where children with additional needs don't get to join in the same things as their siblings. And it can be a bit isolating and a bit kind of you don't get to feel like a, a whole family together if you all have to go and do different yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is really great that that kind of addresses that and is a space for everyone. Yes, definitely. It's also a chance for the siblings to feel like they belong. It obviously can be quite hard for them to have a sister or a brother who's got some sort of disability. I find that within doing Special Needs Messy Church, everybody can express themselves and... I think it's been easier for my kids to accept that their sister, their older sister has, you know, a severe disability. Whereas out in the community, it's a bit more, you know, you get pointed at and stared at and, you know, so I, I think for them, it's it's made it easier for them just to come into church and it's just normal and you just carry on and you do your activities and nobody makes a big thing about you know your sibling that's got a disability that's what I would say that's what I've found anyway putting my feet in that river and I wait on in I come here every day to be washed clean Oh, uh-huh. 
searching for the river. Take my hand, I can point the way. If you're thirsty, come drink from the water. And your soul will never thirst again. Never thirst. And that was The River by Holly Arrowsmith. Now, let's hear the second part of Grace and Trish's interview. Could you give me an example of some of the sort of activities you might do and the ways in which you might adapt them to, to work better for someone with additional needs? I do try and adapt the craft to make it sensory. We have, um, we have a sensory tray. And each month it's different to tie in with the theme of what we're doing. We also have a quieter area. So we set up um, a sensory tent with, you know, sensory toys. You know, all those kind of toys that if they want to do something a bit quieter, they can do. Um, and it's away from the noise of the hall. Um, and then we do that for an hour so when they first come and then after the hour we go through into the main church room you know I might use you know a bible story on the screen or I might get them to act it out or I might hold up pictures as I'm telling the story actually what I normally do is I have pictures on the screen but also pictures you know the same picture so they can hold them up Mm. as well just to try and get them a bit more involved in the Bible story. Um, and then we'll talk about the Bible story um, and what it means to them. And, you know, I'll ask them sort of questions. And we have one little boy who's just, he's so funny. He likes to come up to the microphone and he'll sing into the microphone and he likes to talk into the microphone. And apparently at home he's quite quiet, but when he comes to church, he just kind of, blossoms you know and so that's his little way of getting involved and I'll, I'll just I'll try and run with it but yeah so basically whatever ideas God gives me I'll run with so it's it's never the same it sounds lovely and I just love the idea of like um church doesn't have to be one certain way this is something totally different and it just works for people in a different way but yeah. it's still sharing God with people and yeah it's really great and we try and find you know, the wackiest kids' worship songs that I can mm. so that when we have them on the screen, you know, they can dance and they can sing along. And so, yeah, it's it's just, you know, a different way of doing worship because um, a lot of our families who come have never been inside a church or they've had a really bad experience mm. and that has put them off trying to find a church so when they hear about messy church um some people call it messy play and I said no it's not messy play it's actually church Mm. in a completely different way but it's still church so it's nice for them to come along and know that their children if they're on the autistic spectrum and they want to flap or they want to 
you know, make noises because they're excited, then, you know, we just go with the flow. We don't judge them. We don't ask them to keep their child quiet if they want to run around the church um, whilst we're, you know, having our short service, then that's fine. You know, it doesn't phase me. It doesn't really phase anybody else. It's just letting everybody, but especially the young people with additional needs, just let them be themselves. Mm. Because quite often out in the community, or if you you know you go shopping, you get frowned at, you get stared at, you get tutted at, you get I hear all these comments and it really hurts the parents deeply. But yeah, to be able to come to church and just be themselves and and meet other parents who are in similar situations, it's a real support network. Um, because after we have the 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 worship songs and we have like the five minute talk then we eat together and just giving the families a chance to sit and eat together to chat to catch up so you know it's a very social activity as well if um like people listening to this how can they get involved maybe like how could they start something of their own or if there is one near them is it something that needs volunteers how how can people get involved with this if they wanted to go and see their local messy church if they went onto the brf website you can look up the nearest messy church in their area and they can go along and see you know what it's like or they can get in touch with the messy church leader of that particular messy church in their area but i am always um available to you know either do a zoom call or email anybody who wants to find out some more information about the additional needs side of messy church brilliant well thank you very much you're listening to reflections and now it's time to carry on our exploration of lent and the lead up to Easter, with our next extract from Torch Together Lent, a series of virtual talks and discussions which are happening every week until Easter. Here's the next one now. So, first of all, the journey to forgiveness. Joseph was a favourite of Jacob, and also God gave him visions about what was going to happen in his life, how he would become a leader. But his brothers did not like it. And so they decided to get rid of Joseph. He was thrown into a pit and sold as a slave and oh, things went down. And sometimes when we are really down, we can get down and we wonder where is God in that down time? Anyway, things looked up for Joseph because actually he got bought by uh, a Potiphar, uh, a lovely person who gave him a lot of responsibility in the household. But uh -uh, it went down again because uh, Potiphar's wife accused him of some rather nasty things, really. And he ended up in jail. But in jail, people had dreams in jail and, and Joseph was able to interpret them. And Pharaoh heard that and he called Joseph out of a jail to help with his dream of seven fat cows and seven thin cows. And Joseph was able to tell Pharaoh that actually there was going to be a famine, but there would be a lot of abundance before that. And they were to use that abundance to get ready for the famine. So God had a purpose. 
for Joseph, even in those down times, to bring Joseph to actually running Egypt, basically. A purpose for saving Egypt and for saving Israel. As Joseph said to his brothers, it's to preserve you, to make survivors. So it's not you, your treachery that's brought me here. God is part of God's plan. That's why I am here. But have we got to forgiveness? Does he ever forgive his brothers? That's a tough thing, isn't it? And he really did play them. On the way to this particular incident, uh, they came down to try and get grain from Egypt because they were dying of famine back with Jacob at home. It was no good at all. Um, they, they came down, they got the grain. But then there were, Joseph played various tricks on them by putting cups in their sacks and getting their younger brother to come, Benjamin to come. He played them along, really. But now we've got to the point when he reveals himself to his brothers. I'm the one you did bad to. I'm the one you sold into slavery. I am the one who you have abandoned. And yet look at me now. Uh, I, I don't know how you would feel in Joseph's place. These horrible brothers, here they are before us now. Bog do them. He doesn't do that. But recently I've come across some quite bitter people. Very bitter, disabled people. Really bitter and angry about discrimination against them. It happened to me yesterday, actually. I was going down to Surrey through St Pancras Station. And this guy on the railways came up and treated me like a little kid. Come along then. Very, very condescending. Now, I used to get quite angry about all that, but I got over it because it's a part of travel and getting around and things, particularly as a blind person. But but I, was, I haven't done much traveling recently. Anyway, it started to boil up inside me again. And I thought, oh. anyway, he said to me, Oh, and what are you going to do tonight? I said, well, actually, I'm going to fix a computer and, and run a, a dinner for a board. A computer? You? A blind... Oh, anyway, did I forgive him? <clears throat> I think I have. <laughs> but is forgiveness simple? Can we just say, I forgive you? That's all right. I forgive you. Well, actually, it's not as simple as that. Quite often, it's a tit for tat. We have a thinking of a tit for tat or transactional. If they do this, I'll forgive them. If they don't do this, well, I'm not going to forgive them. But actually, God's forgiveness is not transactional. Now, what does Jesus say? He says, forgiveness, how many times? Seven? A bit more than that, Peter, please, said Jesus. Seventy times seven. And it's not dependent on us. And Jesus' forgiveness for us isn't dependent on us. It's unconditional. Reflect as we were in Lent via Gethsemane, via that journey to the cross, those nails hammered in through his hands. And yet Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Not transactional, it's unconditional.
with Never For Nothing. Well, we're about out of time for today. If you'd like to find out more about Messy Church, and particularly Messy Churches for people with special educational needs, then do visit their website at messychurch.org.uk or call 01865 319 700. To find out more about Torch's work, including future Torch Together groups and events, then do get in touch at 01858 438 260 or email info at torchtrust.org. Until next week, from me, Marilyn and everyone on the Reflections team, 
Goodbye and God bless. You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust. Thank you.